We're joined today by uh, Dr. Uh, David Carpenter, who is founder and director of the University at Albany's Institute for Health and the Environment, quite renowned both in the Capital District and I think really nationally for his um, leadership and willingness to participate as a scientist on many critical environmental issues. But on uh, Monday, he had a hearing about this apparently nine-month administrative leave or something that the university had done in response to a complaint by uh, Monsanto. Uh, Dr. Carpenter often testifies in cases involving Monsanto as an expert witness, pretty much usually donates his any expert fees to either the university or to uh, the graduate students who are part of his program. So Dr. Carpenter, uh, what good word did we hear from the SUNY uh, administration or, or the faculty supervisors today? Well, I had expected some good words, but I did not hear it. Uh, I was called in today when I thought I was going to be told I hadn't done anything wrong and I can come back and do what I normally do as a faculty member. I was told that this was a counseling session and I had to read all the manuscripts about the requirements for this and that and that uh, I, they would set dates when I would have to comply. Clearly, what they are trying to do is stop me from doing expert witness work. They are scared to death of Monsanto. And Monsanto's a big and evil and powerful corporation, uh, but I am not going to give in to this. This is just nonsense. Now, what, what have been some of the cases or issues where you, you know, basically had to confront Monsanto or provide testimony that perhaps, you know, they and their corporate interests didn't want to hear? Well, I've been an expert witness against Monsanto for more than 20 years. Uh, the first cases about 20 years ago were of people that live in Anniston, Alabama, primarily a black community that live around the plant, that never were even employed there, but were uh, bombarded with PCBs coming off the plant, uh, contaminating the soil, contaminating one woman had a pig who was taken by Monsanto because they knew it was so contaminated. Uh, and the result of that, those cases was uh, that Monsanto had to pay a lot of money to the individuals. And I had a part in devising the payment. And what we did was measure the PCBs in their blood. And in relation to how many PCBs they had, Monsanto had to pay them. Well, fast forward... <clears throat> I'm involved in a number of other cases, all against Monsanto. Some of them are people that have non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, a form of cancer that's well-documented as resulting from exposure to PCBs. Uh, uh, there is a case at Akwesasne, the Mohawk Reserve in northern New York State, where I've had a research program going for, again, 25 years. The Mohawks are suing Monsanto for contamination of their whole environment for the diseases that people have developed, especially cancer, uh, reproductive problems, diabetes, and neurocognitive problems, all of which are known to be caused by PCBs. And then finally, I've been involved in a series of cases, and this really was the one that broke the camel's back. Uh, this is the Sky Valley School near Seattle, Washington. And the school had PCBs in a lot of construction materials, particularly light ballast, fluorescent light ballast, and caulk used around windows and doors. And over the years, 
the PCBs in the ballast leaked, the PCBs in the caulk volatilized, students, teachers, and staff were breathing them in and becoming ill. And the, the illnesses were primarily neurologic. Uh, the first case there, Erickson versus Monsanto, was on behalf of three teachers and was settled with a bill for Monsanto of $269 million. I've been involved in two other cases there, and there are ongoing cases that I was not invited to be involved in because of this fact that the university put me on, quotes, alternate assignment, which means I can't even go to my office. You read in the Times, June, they focus a bit on the issue of fees being paid to you as an expert witness. The indication, you know, from, from you was that, you know, the, these fees generally you try to donate it either to the university or, you know, to the graduate students in your program, you know, which sometimes you get a jump to, I know, you know, tax attorney hoops on this. What was So is that an issue that the administration raised, the issue of fees, or this more just seems, hey, we just don't really like you being an expert against Monsanto and other big companies, you know, that have a lot of political cloud and, you know, throw money around? I think it's more the latter. Uh, they said they had to regulate how I paid my students. Now, last year, the uh, the year that ended last June, I received more than $200,000 in funds from ex in my expert witness work. I did not take a penny of that for myself. It was all for staff and students. This year, I continue to support, I just had to account uh, how many I, I support, five students. And uh, clearly, for some reason, the university doesn't want me to do that. Uh, they even suggested that maybe the, the provost's office could pay the students that I'm currently support so they wouldn't, it wouldn't have to come from my money. Well, I asked them, what do you want me to do? Take the money myself? And they all said, oh, no, no, no. So clearly what they want is to stop my expert witness work. Mm -hmm. I consider that my job as a public health professional who has studied for 30 years the adverse health effects of PCB exposure. Mm -hmm. And it is totally unacceptable that the university try to shut me off, both for my expert witness work, but in addition from using the funds that I make there to support students and staff. It's no different than writing an NIH grant for training or a research grant. Uh, I'm not enriching my, myself with any of this. It's totally consistent with my research activities. It's consistent with what I see as my public health responsibility to hold polluters accountable and do what I can to help improve the health of people that are exposed to these nasty chemicals. Now, we only about two and a half minutes left. I'm going to, I'm going to end with a large question and you figure out what you can answer in two minutes. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, chatter today on social media about this. Uh, a lot of people compare this to the type of harassment that uh, uh, Ward Stone, a wildlife pathologist at DEC, received. One big difference here is that uh, you might argue that war is a little bit of a maverick, you ever are, you know, the head of a program and, you know, sort of the one that's supposed to be, you know, sort of overseeing this. So in the last two minutes, you know, where do things go from here? What are the rights to, to challenge this? And, and how can your many, many, many supporters who appreciate all the work you've done for people step up to assist in this? Well, I think, uh, I think that supporters can make themselves heard to the university. 
to the president, to the vice president for research, who I do report to. Uh, I had a wonderful email today from Joshua Needleman, who's the son of Herbert Needleman, who was the first person in the late 70s that demonstrated that exposure to lead reduced IQ in children. And, and Joshua said, you know, you're following in my father's footsteps. I consider that an honor. And I don't have any intention of stopping uh, to do what I can to hold polluters accountable and help people that are exposed to hazardous chemicals through no fault of their own, caused by a company that I knew that they were dangerous, but never told anybody about it. Is there any internal administrative process? As a director of program, I imagine you may not be a member of a union, student faculty. Well, our next step process? is to go to the Senate. The UUP union wouldn't uh, help me until I was charged with something. The moment it doesn't sound like I'm still charged with anything, they're just putting restrictions on what I can do. And those restrictions are simply not acceptable. If people want to follow this, um, what, what's the best way for them to get information about your program? I think that the the group of professional employees for environmental responsibility are, is going to be very much involved in this. This is a legal group that uh, helps defend academics like me that get in trouble over uh, activities like this. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of people and we'll all do what we can to provide information. And we well, do appreciate any help anybody can provide. We this are is not going to go fast. Uh, Media Sanctuary is only going to be following up on the story. Uh, Dr. David Carpenter, um, University of Albany Institute for Health and the Environment. And this has been Mark Dunley for the Hudson Mohawk uh, magazine.